What's up, 88.9 The Bridge? I'm Ellie Sadler, and I'm here interviewing Terry Morgan. Terry Morgan got his Bachelor's of Arts degree in Ethnomusicology and his Master's in Systematic Musicology at the University of Washington. He's the CEO and owner of Modern Enterprises, a company founded in 1979 that is the most successful minority-owned event production company in Washington State. His company provides talent, technical, and production services to help create the best event they can. They host many celebrations, including concerts, events, and galas. Some of their clients include Nordstrom, Microsoft, the Museum of Flight, and Seattle Children's Hospital. Thank you for joining me today, Terry. How are you? I'm doing fine, Nellie. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So what inspired you to create Modern Enterprises? Well, I was doing, I, I never, just to correct a little bit of my bio, I didn't finish my master's. I was like two quarters away and uh, from being done. And I just got tired of academia mm-hmm. after being in school for like six years or longer. Yeah, and so. uh, it, I had a friend named uh, James Hughes-Dead, who was an electronic musician. And he had a buddy that he was playing with named Roland Barker, and he was starting a new band called the Blackouts. And they were a really, really progressive uh, art rock band, punk rock band, basically. Uh, And I liked them, and so I started managing them, and it kind of just drew me away from academia into the punk rock world. And we ended up joining up partnerships with uh, three other guys, Mike Vraney, Jim Lightfoot, and Carlos Ganduzzi. And we formed Modern Productions at the time and took over the Showbox Theater. Uh, at the time, it was a bingo parlor called the Talmatora. And we would go in there on the weekends and put on punk shows. So the first band we did was a group called Magazine, which featured Howard DeVoto from the Buzzcocks. And uh, the Blackouts were the opening act. And from there, we just started booking more punk bands from the Northwest, everything from the West Coast, uh, from everything from the Dead Kennedys to, uh, oh, who else? Uh, Black Flag, just a whole ton of stuff from the States, uh, including the Ramones, the Iggy Pop, and then all the English stuff, too. <laughs> uh, we were we were the, uh, the first American stop for a lot of the British bands who would fly from London to Vancouver and then end up coming to Seattle. And so we had the Police, uh, Squeeze, uh, from Australia, obviously, uh, XTC, Gang of Four, PIL, The Specials, The Selector, Dire Straits. It was just on and on and on. We just, every week we had a different band from England and it was fun. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. So do you have any like events or concerts or anything that have like stuck out to you the most? Like you're the most proud of or anything? Well, the first time when the the police played the show box was pretty special because the the, uh, the specials were the opening (laughs) act, the great ska band from England. And uh, the whole thing was really kind of crazy because uh, it's nobody really believed that this alternative music was going to be anything, so we couldn't get any press. We barely got any airplay. I think KISW was the only station that was playing the police for us, but everybody else was like, ugh, <laughs> music, yeah, who likes that? <laughs> and so uh, when the police came, we kind of made history. People like, okay, this this music is here. This is, this is going to be big. It's growing. And then the next time we brought them into town, we put them at the Paramount. So it jumped that that fast, and XTC was the opening act on that. So that was a really special show. I mean, there's been so many great ones. James Brown in the show box was pretty amazing. I bet. Uh, that, that, that was just a big party. And I went on to have a long-time relationship with James over the years. And we the last time we worked together, uh, we were doing uh, Halloween shows at the 
Paramount's big James Brown Halloween parties, which were like the funnest party you could ever imagine because it was just totally danced and costume and just having a great time. And then across the street at the uh, Camlin Hotel used to be the Cloud Room, which was a, 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 a cocktail lounge up on top. You used to have a piano player just playing a piano bar. Well, the James James's band would always usually stay at the Camlin, and instead of just going out on the in the on the town, they'd get bored, so they just go up to the Cloud Room and jam. And it was funky, it was fun, and people would like hear, oh, James Brown band's playing at the Camlin. And one time I remember it got so crowded they had to turn the elevator off. Oh they no! Let, they stopped letting people up there. So that was a great time. <laughs> <laughs> I bet that sounds very eventful and like something you would want to experience. Oh yeah. Um, and you're also the director for Boralis Festival of Light. Can you give us a quick overview of what this company is and how it inter- interacts with the Seattle music like entertainment yeah. scene? So Borealis is a light festival. And so we work with light artists and musicians to create really unique kind of large-scale experiences. Uh, most of the work is animated, other than the light art installations, which are actual art creations. And we held the first festival in 2018 at South Lake Union, at uh, South Lake Union Park. And nobody really knew what it was going to do here. And I had an idea that it was going to be big because my, my partners are based in Budapest, Hungary, and they're involved in light festivals all over the world. So we knew that we, we, we had the right combination. But when we kicked things off, we had no idea that we'd do 120,000 people our first year. And impressive. everybody was kind of just shocked and surprised, but overwhelmed, but that, that it turned out so great. And the quality of the work was so good. Mm-hmm. So we continue on doing uh, things in the digital world. Uh, two years ago, I did the New Year's for the Needle. Um, uh, not this year, but the past year. Yeah. And uh, that kind of set records as far as uh, viewership for King TV uh, for New Year's. And uh, what everyone was shocked about was the afterlife. Uh, the video online has over a million, 1.1 million uh, uh, views, and it jumped off into the rest of the social media like wildfire. And within a week, it had 1.1 billion uh, digital uh, impressions, which is pretty cool. <laughs> That's super cool. Yeah, and check out our website, the, mm-hmm. the Borealis Festival of Light site. You'll see a lot of the work that we presented in 2018. Uh, plus, you'll see uh, the uh, the One World, One Heart, which was a big piece that we co-presented with our associates out of the IMAP Festival in Bucharest, Romania. And it was all artists doing work towards making statements about COVID and, and how to uh, survive COVID. And this last week, we unveiled a new piece called Enlightenment. Uh, it's Artists United uh, for Peace, which uh, we debuted at the Seattle Art Museum, the Asian Art Museum. And it actually surprised us all by we had over we started out with 30 cities around the world Mm -hmm. that were going to show the piece and now it's up over 65 cities have been been involved and more and more get involved all the time so uh, we'll be posting uh, on Facebook where we're going to show it again but until this war is over we're going to stay visible that's awesome thank you so much oh yeah yeah thank you yeah all right thank you for listening to this interview with Terry Morgan on 88.9 The Bridge